it's important to have been through something yourself. I think there's something to people not holding enough respect for the word of someone who hasn't been through some trauma or some struggle. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Anthony Thomas. Have you ever seen somebody in an ad or on social media who appears to have everything together and you just think to yourself, wow, she seems flawless. Our guest today is one of those people and lucky for us, she opens the doors to that house of perfection, letting us bond over some of the greatest challenges in her adult life including a current battle with imposter syndrome, despite being among the leaders in her industry. Also, I get a bit vulnerable myself and take on my own imposter syndrome battle with a big announcement that I put off for ages. Everyone, please welcome entrepreneur, virtual and group fitness trainer, fitness model, Steph Cordial. Hi, my name is Anthony Thomas. I am the champion of the world's longest drive. I have women who get lost in my eyes on the daily. Um, I am a professional onset husband, brother, boyfriend, uh, you name it. I am ethnically ambiguous. (laughs) I am well-educated. I am pivoting constantly and doing the damn thing. And I'm a dad. The end. Oh, my... I didn't even talk about like how hilarious you are. That's very, that is very subjective. And I don't know that that is a unanimous feeling from, from people. That's something that maybe, maybe you just feel, well, let me just introduce myself. I'm Steph Cordial. I (laughs) was raised in Southern California. I am an LA girl. Well, Manhattan beach to be specific. Mm -hmm. I grew up doing all things California. You know, I surf, I save lives on the beach. I do some lifeguarding. And if you've seen Baywatch, I am Babe Watch. Uh-huh. Uh, superstar. <laughs> you can find me and my ankles either swimming, playing basketball, running triathlons, half marathons, full marathons, <laughs> coaching classes. I'm also educated. I've played professional basketball overseas. No big deal. (laughs) And uh, pretty much just can't stop lines, lines of men and women who are in pursuit of me everywhere I go. It's like I'm a walking hype button. Wow. Oh my gosh. How'd I do? Well, I mean, that's probably the most flattering intro I've ever heard in all my years as an educator. Um, <laughs> all right. Steph Cordial, welcome to the Mother F- Podcast. Let me give let me let me give you the pro. Yeah. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have that there and you're not gonna use it. What do you call that? Like the air horn? Well, it is an air horn, but it's the hype button. Okay, there we go. Um, Anthony Thomas, thank you so much for having me on. Yes, I'm. It's so fun. We haven't started yet, and I'm having so much fun. (laughs) Good, good. Uh, 
first of all, quick introduction for anybody in the world, which is such a tiny minority of humans that don't know who you are. I mean, we're talking maybe there's 10 or 15 max <laughs> globally. Steph Cordial, entrepreneur, virtual and group fitness trainer, fitness model, and li- I want to throw in lifestyle model. I've seen some lifestyle work from you too. That's, that's pretty <laughs> solid. What else do the people need to know about your, your identified roles in the professional world? Mm. Well, that pretty much handles all of the subjective stuff. Uh, I am a Southern California, Manhattan Beach, born and raised surfer kid. Mm -hmm. I grew up playing a ton of sports. Uh, I have been obsessed with movement as a means of sport activity, uh, togetherness, family bonding, uh, health of learning life lessons. Uh, I I can attribute all of my successes and relationships and all of that and, and career wise as well to just loving to move. Um, so that I think is a centerpiece of who I am. I am, as you stated, a group and now virtual fitness instructor. Um, I work for a company called Tone It Up. I work for a company called Viore Clothing and a couple of others that are centered around wellness from anywhere in the world. Uh, so we bring virtual workouts to your living room, try to keep people motivated and inspired to move their bodies in any way that is authentic to them. Um, and it's, it's interesting. My mindset has changed tremendously from pre pandemic to, to where we are now in terms of, uh, what self-care is, what mental health is. Mm. Um, and so I would say, uh, in addition to someone who loves to move from Southern California, I'm someone who, uh, is a student of life and just constantly reframing and rethinking strategy to uh, get people hooked on the movement that uh, is required in their life to be as happy as they can be. Damn. I'm going to give you another hype button. <laughs> Let's go. You, I've never heard somebody make moving their body sound so enticing. I've, yeah. I've, I've listened to plenty Plenty different media forms of people talking about movement, exercise, everything. And that was a fantastic way to describe it. And I think that your passion for this shows if anybody on the planet listening, for those 10 or 15 that don't know Steph Cordial, if you want to see that passion, go look at the Bowflex kettlebell box. The packaging of the kettlebell by Bowflex. Let's go! (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, no, in, in so much of your work from modeling and I've, I've done a, a class or two of yours as well, both in person and virtual. And it, it definitely shows your passion shows. We were kind of joking earlier about having a more bummy style coaching session where it's like, well, was it, you know, it didn't feel like I gave my all or my heart was in this and everything. And, and mm-hmm. I will say that you and your baseline of passion is very different from the general population and their baseline of passion when it comes to movement. So your bad day is going to be a lot of people's best day when it comes mm-hmm. to the passion behind it. 
And this is something that I think is what is such a, a massive contribution to the appeal of your classes, of taking a class by you, is that any given day, even on your worst day, it's going to be well worth it for people that do show up, that do get involved, that do, even if you got to take breaks during the class because she's kicking your ass. <laughs> that it's it's just it is so filled of passion and welcoming you have a wonderfully welcoming presence when you coach and in person this is both a business professional and personal attribute to your character that i admire and i see so many others do as well oh what a compliment honestly um i i actually try to keep that in mind as we talked about when you came over uh and i met you're gorgeous. I don't know if gorgeous is the word, but like <laughs> the most sweet, cuddly dumpling of a son that you have brought to this earth. Um, when I got to meet Nija, uh, we talked a little bit about imposter syndrome. And mm-hmm. uh, since our conversation, I've really been honing in on that and, and breaking it down in ways that now I can just take what you just said about me, all these lovely compliments and just say, thank you. I am so fired up and passionate about uh, getting people to feel energetically how I feel about movement Mm -hmm. and getting them excited to the point where, you know, teach a man to fish so he can do it himself analogy. Um, I'm obsessed with that. I don't ever uh, want to be someone that people rely on solely or too heavily. I want to be a teacher and um, a liaison into uh, doing something that is free and good for yourself. <laughs> yes. Uh, keeping it really, really simple. So I, I do agree with, I, when you say my, my worst days or I set the standard pretty high, uh, energetically, I think in that I place a lot of pressure on myself to perform at a certain level. And I have to consistently remind myself that Number one, who cares? Number two, like nobody knows what you're about to teach or, or what when you make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, people are just plain grateful mm-hmm. um, to, to see a smiling face and to see someone who really genuinely cares about their well-being. Um, yeah. I have, for better or for worse, developed such a strong sense of empathy since being a, a team athlete, since being a basketball player where I can really feel and emote with my teammates and that uh, sense of teammate has transitioned from my teammates on the basketball team to now my clients in real life from my coworkers, people that train at gyms, you, you know, someone on the other end of the screen who I know is going out and getting stronger day in and day out. Uh, you slay in the gym and like, I, I feel that <laughs> from afar magnet person. Oh, I love it. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I just, just a couple of days ago, I stepped on the scale, have one of those like Renfo scale, the, you know, measure your BMI yeah. and I'm at 15% body fat, which I want to preface this by saying, I don't feel as if that's terrible for where I'm at. I genuinely don't. That being said, my my goal is about half of that. I I enjoy walking around about 8%. I've been lower than that before, but 8% is that's where I felt I was the most 
most able-bodied in the gym outside of the gym where I, my energy levels were insanely high. My abilities to move my body in certain ways, whether it's really odd, like you're doing some sort of odd job, some yard work or building or something. And there's a movement you don't train in the gym. It's just an odd movement that you have to do to perform the task and feeling really comfortable and confident in those. So at 15% right now, I feel as though I'm not the same killer in the gym that I once was yet Mm because I'm bringing it back. Yeah. I like that you are able to talk about all that with this confidence and this like stoic smile on your face that just says, (laughs) you know, so what you understand that life and fitness comes in phases and you're a new dad for God's sakes. Yes. You're constantly pivoting in what you're doing career-wise, uh, world's longest gr- drive that is on and off, right? With COVID mm-hmm. things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you deal with injuries, but it's all the ebb and flow of things that you just cannot lose self-confidence over because you have to give yourself time. And that is the only, uh, I guess, variable. You already are so confident that you're going to get it done. You're going to take the steps that need to be taken, but for sure, for sure. Absolutely. That's a, that's a big thing I, I, I have seen, and I'm sure you have too, over the years, you see people that live in that, what I refer to or look back as the peaked in high school types. Right. Where whether it's high school or not, whether it's really peaking in high school or they're just saying, oh, I used to be this. I used to be that. I used to be this. And one very, very visible lesson of that in real life that I've seen is is the process of having Nyjah. Right. From Jeanette getting pregnant to where we are today, I've had more conversations around things that I never even heard of before or things I never knew existed before or experiences that I never thought that I would actually have interest in before. And a lot of the fascination for me is seeing women who have had children, who have birthed humans and feeling as though they're, they're beating up on themselves so much where they're Oh, I used to be this. I used to be able to do that. And and they're, they're really hard on themselves, which you and I both know coming from the competitive athlete background and everything. That's a good thing to propel yourself in a lot of ways, but it can also be very damaging where you have to give yourself the grace and the genuine consideration. There's no possible way. I'm telling you right now, (laughs) mentally, I do not have the strength that Jeanette does to be where she is today physically after having given birth and even where she was a month and a half after giving birth, this girl kills it. Right. When it comes to working out, fitness, everything like this, there's no way I would be there and where in the way she looks. Okay. There's no way I don't have that. And I see that in so many women that have had children where it's like, you're not where you were before you had a child, but do you understand what you've done and where you are now still? It's amazing. It is. Mama's got a killer instinct. Oh my goodness. Seriously. And so you are with, and your baby mama is an extraordinary woman. So shout out to Jay. Um, If you're listening, holla. Uh, She does look (laughs) fantastic. Her skin is glowing. Like 
but from the moment that I met her, you could just tell she's she's here to work. She's got the killer instinct. She does. She does. It scares me at times, but don't tell her. And yeah, we won't tell her. <laughs> <laughs> you should live a little bit scared, Anthony. I know. She keeps me a little fearful, a little fearful. Yeah. But that that's something that I, what I was getting at too with this is I love how you appeal to women in fitness and mm. their, in their fitness journey and their fitness pursuit, whether it's tone it up, whether it's your Viore classes, whether it's just you out and about and, and encouraging, you are somebody that I have been in many rooms, both physical and virtual. I've heard so many people talk about you. And one of the things they always talk about are your abs. They're like, Oh my God, <laughs> Steph's abs. Right. And I've heard it both in a very jealous style way. I've heard it in a very encouraging way. I've heard it in a threatened style from a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And the one thing that I love about you that shows in all of your classes and shows in the work that you're doing with everybody you partner with is you are so welcoming and encouraging to people, no matter where they are at, no matter what level it could be the most out of shape human on the planet. And Steph Cordial is going to find that positive thing about you and bring it to the surface and help drive your fitness journey from wherever the hell you might be right now. That's something that I have a new appreciation for having seen the whole birthing mm -hmm. process and, you know, all of this stuff where I can only imagine being a, a woman, young or old, who's been through everything, not just birth, but everything that life brings and, and, whatever that means to your life experience, right? Everything that you've gone through. I can only imagine having somebody like you in the position and the, the people facing and on the billboards and bow flex, everything, right? I can only imagine having somebody like you be genuine because people can read bullshit, but be genuinely excited for me to get my first sit up or my first push up without using knees or whatever it may be that I can only imagine what that would do in that position. And I love that you carry this passion out into the world. You adapted as well. You went from in-person classes to virtual, that adaptability. It's showing, I, I can't tell you how many, how many times I see your face and people hit me up. Hey, Oh, this is Steph. Oh, this is, and I'm like, yeah, that's great. She's everywhere. That's awesome. And someone like you, I feel like should be. I'm curious though, if you could shed some light on what has this journey been like? Because you and I, we met some years ago when you and I were both very early in our modeling life with career, whatever you want to, whatever you want to project that as. We were very early then and we've gone come a long way since then. I'm curious what you feel and how you felt in the evolution of Steph Cordial to where you are now that leads you to carry some level of imposter syndrome in the fitness world. Mm. We're going there. I, yeah, I, well, what I, I will say about uh, what you touched on with, with appealing to women who are at any step of their journey, it's important to have been through something yourself. I think there's something to People not holding enough respect for the word of someone who hasn't been through some trauma or some struggle. Mm -hmm. That is a necessary and key part of uh, picking yourself back up and learning the lesson, learning the actual emotion of what failure or what a hard time feels like. Mm -hmm. I would say starting in high school, 
I went to from public school to an all girls school, very prestigious school out in West Hollywood or Hancock Park. And um, that is where I experienced a different kind of woman that was spicy, uh, outspoken, hyper competitive, very quick to criticize, very quick to be negative. Um, it was pretty toxic environment, um, in my opinion. And so I think early on when you go through a, a community of women who constantly you have to protect yourself against or choose your words uh, carefully mm. uh, to then developing into college where there's a little bit of that, uh, not quite as much, but there's still ways that you could be stabbed in the back or people that you're competing for spots with on the basketball team to this. And I'm highly optimistic, but here we are 2022 and the trendy thing right now, the cultural shift for women, not only in fitness, but in, in women's bodies in general is to be really supportive and inclusive of each other. Mm. And that is so refreshing. Um, it's the reason why we can now see campaigns on TV that really appreciate a postpartum body. Mm. A, uh, we talk about miscarriage. We talk about uh, eating disorders more, which was my personal experience out of high school transitioning into college. So talk about trauma and having uh, understood what it's like to just have to go day to day saying, hey, like, you're going to get through this. You don't need to hold on and grip on so tight to this zero to 100 mentality. There's somewhere in between that's going to be a really happy and mentally fulfilling place. Mm. Um, so I think my personal journey, uh, not talking about imposter syndrome yet, but in really uh, developing this deep love for women, uh, whatever step of their personal journey they're on, is because I have experienced many stages of what uh, a community can be to you, um, how it can be toxic and destructive, and how if one person is brave enough to step in and say, hey, I understand you're not the elite athlete or you're not the most um, on paper, uh, most intelligent woman or objectively beautiful woman, but you're badass and I see you and I acknowledge the things that you do bring. And hey, you're also really beautiful. Did you know that? It takes one person to just explain that, to announce that aloud. And all of a sudden you breed a culture of really positive women. Mm. And it's not false positivity at that point because shit, she's been through something too. And yeah. so has she, and so has she. And we're all learning to love and hate our bodies and juxtaposition and the the freaking hormonal roller coaster that happens every day for us. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That it just takes experiencing those stages and knowing the negatives to uh be brave enough to host the positives. Mm. I love yeah. that. Oh my goodness. I love that. <laughs> that, that is a picture painted so well that I'm just sitting here. There's so many, there's so many things from movies to real life experiences to everything that I, 
I can just see, and there's so many moments, especially, especially like you were saying, the communities in high school, I can't imagine, you know, being at an all girls are all got, yeah, me at an all girls high school, me at a, you know, hey. being at a, <laughs> I, honestly, like we know you would thrive. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, I can, I can just think back to all of the treacherous things. Cause I mean, teenagers, right. That, Jordan Peterson talks about the most treacherous group in society is teenage boys. It's a group of teenage boys, right? Mm. And not far behind that is just, I think just teenagers in general. And I think back to all the crazy shit that people did that I did too. I mean, luckily for me, I, I used to be a bully, like elementary, middle school, I was a bully. And there was a big shift. I, I talked about this a bit with my mom on on the podcast, and <clears throat> there was a shift. And luckily, she helped lead that to where when I by the time I was in high school, where it was really treacherous teenage time, and you had more abilities. Right, you have you can drive or you can get around places. Luckily, I had it checked by then, and then I became the kind of enforcer for the downtrodden things like this. But mm-hmm. in that whole process of everything, and just hearing the stories and and what people have gone through and and imagining what about the stories that nobody actually shared? What about the stories Mm. that aren't out there, right? That, that nobody voiced or anything like this. I can, there's so, so many different experiences that we have in life. By the time we even get to adulthood that a lot of people have had some really, really troubling experiences and never had somebody to just step in and, and even just say, stop, you know, like yeah. if somebody's being bullied, being, you know, put down whether, whatever it is, people just having somebody say, stop and put an end to it, let alone step in, say, stop, get that shit to stop and refocus, reframe your perspective to say, no, 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 no. They are, they are having you look the wrong direction. This is the direction you need to be looking because you are incredible. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine the value that that would provide if that that truly continues to spread and spreads throughout society, right? Yeah. Now, granted, I mean, that's a very utopian world and that's something as, as beautiful as that would be, it still doesn't shift or remove a whole spectrum, right? Our spectrum of the worst thing ever that happened to us and the best thing ever, there's always going to be the best and worst. Yeah. But if we can Humans shift are the, humans. Yeah, exactly. If we, we are can... imperfect beings, and that is for sure. And that's the beautiful thing. But, you know, isn't it just like the most beautiful thing about society is also the worst? <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah. But um, to to be able to take a group of people or take an individual, for in your case, obviously a group of people, to take a group of people and be able to feed that on a weekly, often daily basis like you do, I think you're in a, I think you're in a good space career wise. Uh, I think you're in a good space ability wise. And I know for a fact, a lot of people agree with me. I'm going to bring it back to what is the evolution of imposter syndrome for you in your career? And if you're open to sharing getting a little vulnerable here, personally, where does the imposter syndrome where did it, I guess if you want to go to the origin story, but more importantly, or I guess more focused where it's at now and uh, take it away, Steph. Yeah, I, I think my 
a sense of imposter syndrome uh, is more newly developed than goes deep-rooted, though I could be completely uh, misinterpreting that as well. I, I believe it stems from actually back in the early, early modeling days or even like late high school as I'm choosing a school to go play basketball nothing else I wanted more than a basketball scholarship. Uh, the, the condensed version of my eating disorder story is like, I put so much incredible pressure on myself Mm. that I did my body and myself a disservice trying to manage that stress. So I do think I'm actually like working all this out with you right now and kind of going back and thinking I have early thoughts of becoming a fitness model and being on billboards, being in magazines and on flex boxes, Mm -hmm. uh, knowing that I was only two or three years recovered from a full-blown eating disorder. So the person that should be the definition of health was truly, I I held on to the past that I I wasn't healthy. Mm. Um, I was still working through stuff. So, uh, it's it's always that sense of like what if they what if i'm found out oh. um, when are they going to uh rip me apart for what i truly am i am mm-hmm. this unhealthy i am this stressed anxious overly competitive with self person um when you know the the healthy mindset would be to hey like congratulations girl step by step you're getting further and further away from from a bad thing that happened and that you can say um thank you friend for happening because now here i am Uh, so that's that's a reframe that needed to happen much earlier on Mm -hmm. that was my first little bit of imposter syndrome so being a model being glorified for the way that i looked um knowing that i was I was sick for a while. Um, and even, even when I (laughs) became completely healthy, I held on to a lot of guilt and shame for having ever stooped down that route. Uh, when, you know, one out of every three female athletes is going to go through that. And there's some crazy statistic out of, you know, a hundred percent, how many girls are going to experience some sort of eating disorder, whether it's a physical manifestation or a constantly uh, picking apart food obsessing over that over exercising which was you know my major case mm. um so that is that's the root of that um fast forward to now when i have had a voice in a very large community of women online and on fitness apps i've outed myself so i have spoken openly about having been through an eating disorder mm. um and now it's how, what, why am I the reason why so many women are saying, thank you for making me healthy. Thank you for, they are giving me credit that I still in my mind cannot absorb as, as due to me. Mm. They're giving me credit that is not, uh, that is not uh, earned. Yeah in my opinion, because I know these women are in, you know, New York, the Midwest, San Francisco, they're all over the world and they have the uh, courage and they have the determination to get up out of bed 
tune into Instagram and, and work out with me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I ask, what am I doing to make your life so much better? It's all you. I credit you. So it's like this ping ponging back and forth. Um, and maybe it just stems from the fact that I don't have all the answers. Um, I'm not a licensed nutritionist. I, I'm not a dietitian. So when people ask me for nutrition advice, I send that a different way. I am not the most knowledgeable in the field. And yet I have women attributing their health and their success to me uh, very vocally on Instagram a lot of the time. And I am not quite at that place as a person, entrepreneur, public figure to accept that. Mm. Um, And I will get there. And it's nice to to openly speak about it. Um, And when I hear you describe uh, my presence to people, uh, all, all I truly want is to walk in a door and make someone feel a little bit better, like shift the energy up in the room, mm-hmm. have someone, you know, pull their shoulders back and, and be greeted with someone who's really confident and excited, genuinely interested to talk to you. So that's, that's my mindset there. Um, and I need to harness that human and realize that maybe the credit is due. Maybe I just say, I'm so glad I could be part of your journey. Not, oh, no, 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 no. Like, it's all you, girl. Like, I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Do you ever feel a sense of imposter syndrome? Ooh, okay. This is my podcast. You can't flip that around to me. Well, (laughs) you are a professional (laughs) athlete. You're a professional athlete. So on World's Longest Drive or mm. in the modeling industry, when people mm. see you plastered on billboards, magazines, um, social media, do you feel uh, okay with it? Do you feel like the credit that you receive is okay? You can hold that. Steph, that is a magnificent question. And I love that you asked this before I get to my response here I just want to address everything that you just shared Mm -hmm. and seeing a a connection here from your experience with the eating disorder and you seeing models and thinking to yourself wow I would like to do that someday and I would like to be there let's let's theoretically just for the sake of visualization let's say that's up on a mountaintop. You want to go hike up. Eventually, I want to be on Model Mountain. I want to go up there at some point, right? Mm -hmm. But where you were at that point, it was eating disorder central. You're, you're, in a sense, don't know what direction to even start to get up that mountain. You just see the peak and you're like, wow, that's a beautiful looking mountain from here. I don't even know which direction Mm -hmm. to start. But at that point, can you think back to somebody that you admired or that you looked up to that you were like, that is what I would love to be, or that is who I would like to be like. Sure. Uh, I think it's paramount for especially women to have mentors, female mentors and strong female presence in their life. I have still a mentor today named Natalie Nicasse. She assistant coaches for the Clippers. Uh, She's been in the game for like 15 years just just pushing the envelope for women uh, and their presence in the NBA. 
she's someone that I've always looked up to. There's women in the fitness modeling industry, whether it's Danielle Facenti, Lauren Collins. Um, there, there was a handful of fitness models that I really admired. Um, though I never tried to be a fitness model. I think that process happened at, you know, universe manifestation that happened as a result of me getting healthy. And that is kind of a, a hierarchy of needs situation where, you know, your, your baseline of health needs to be met before other good things can trickle into your life. So as soon as I was stable and, you know, off playing basketball, um, feeling energetic and well again, I was running on the beach doing my lifeguard recheck. And of course, like the scout from sports and lifestyle unlimited down there and, and asked me to submit some stuff. So one thing happens to open the envelope for another and, you know, your effort for your effort to grow and to address something that's scary and uncomfortable is always going to be worth it to uh, open that next door so you can hop to that next lily pad. And every, every struggle introduces a new skill that you take and pack in your toolbox for the next place. You'll yes. use it there and keep gaining, keep growing and learning. Yes. I, I, I completely agree. I, and that's actually something I'm trying to get better at exercising more fearful things that I take on, you know, in this year, I want to, I want to expose myself more and more to that, to go, Ooh, I got butterflies. This is freaky. I can avoid it, but let me lean into it. You know, that, yeah. that, that sort of experience. Which I think is tougher for you, right? Because you do, you do well in front of the camera. You're an actor. Uh, it's something that stimulates you you get excited for it i feel the opposite i am a closet introvert i want nothing to do with uh rattling off lines to camera self-tape i get butterflies before i teach a class that i've taught hundreds of classes still get (laughs) massive butterflies that i might say something wrong and therefore maybe i'll be found out and an imposter who doesn't know what she's talking about um yeah (laughs) So do you, how far do you need to stretch yourself or to challenge yourself to feel butterflies? You know, it's an adrenaline thing. Yeah. So it's not very far for me. Uh, As you can see, I'm like rubbing my arm and like self-soothing right now. I'm like, Ooh, you know, I'm getting into it. I'm getting vulnerable here. Because I picture you like evil Knievel (laughs) needing to like hop the Grand Canyon to even like feel alive because you're already this energy that is Uh, busting through the roof. No, 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 not even in some cases. Absolutely. But, um, to get there, it doesn't take much. It's just where that's placed for me. And to answer your previous question about imposter syndrome, I definitely, definitely feel it. And I'm in the middle of a storm of imposter syndrome in a lot of ways, which I'm, you know what, for the sake of transparency, vulnerability, and and owning up to that experience and everything I talk about that we talk about that you talk about, I will, I will share for the first time you know, publicly on this uh, record, what exactly that is, because it's been ongoing for a few months now. Mm-hmm. But to the point of what I was bringing up earlier with, did you have somebody that you looked up to, right? When you were first thinking, wow, I'd like to get up on Model Mountain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were people that you were looking at that 
you just idolized. They were the epitome of what you wanted to be. They were everything. And that includes the flaws. But you didn't know what those flaws were. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, wow. You didn't know what those flaws were at the time, but it didn't matter because what you saw was enough to get you going. It was enough for you to say, holy shit, I'm going to take at least a step toward that. I don't know what direction or how to do it, but I'm going to go. And eventually you found yourself up on Model Mountain and then you saw a bigger mountain and there were people that you looked up to that you're like, wow, these people in the fitness industry, they're on fitness apps. They're on the fitness boxes. They're on these things. They have all of these flaws. They have so many flaws. They will say the wrong thing in a workout class. They will say the, the wrong line at the wrong time. And, and all of these things that are so seemingly tumultuous in, in our minds, they will do these things and you will still look up to them because you're looking up to them for what capabilities and what abilities they have that they provide, not things they take away from. This is where it seems like you are right now you are looking up to so many people and it might be worth looking back down the trail to see, wow, this is how far I've come. And where I am now is the person I used to look up to. Mm. It could not be more eloquently put. That is extremely well said. And it's interesting because when you become friends with your idols and your role models, you realize right away, they're not perfect. Yes. And yet you love them anyways. For um, sure. And so, you know, having grace with yourself in that same abstract, yeah. uh, you know, it's the, one of those things like, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> um, maybe I can give myself a break. Yes. I, I, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. You, there's, there's also something. So to get to the, to your question, I've avoided it long enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank I, you. I, I, I definitely feel imposter syndrome. The thing that I feel imposter syndrome around most, and and this is what has been ongoing now for, well, since August, really in August, I, August, 2021, I decided I am going to start coaching and this isn't fitness coaching. This is life coaching. What most people understand it as life coach. I have been building this out. I've been building in it. Thank you for the gentle applause. <laughs> um, I've been building this out. It's already been built out in my head for literally for years. I've even been coaching for years. I've literally been like, like a closeted life coach for years. I'm dead serious. I've coached people. I've coached people who are dealing with depression and the the worst fitness shape they've ever been to getting to a, a psychology and a psychological state where they not only just feel that vibrance for life again. Mm-hmm. And, and, and mind you, that includes the days that are really challenging emotionally and mentally, right? Which with depression and my mom chat about this too, that the first episode of this podcast, she chat about depression and everything too. I've helped people go from depressed, can't do anything, not even getting out of bed at all for I'm talking for for 72 hours straight didn't leave their room other than to go to the bathroom type of thing right into wow I've just dropped you know some 40 50 pounds I'm stronger than I've been in years and I've been smiling more than I can ever remember right to also the financial side of coaching somebody within a year in in a professional world 
going from, oh, here's my income. This is the most, I'm currently making the most I've ever made in my life to tripling that income with their career. I've coached all of these different experiences and I've done many more over the years, but yet I sit here and since August, when I decided I'm going to start, I'm going to launch a, a coaching business because A, I want to, much like yourself with fitness, I want to spread the joys and the things of life that I know I am damn good at helping people uncover. Because it's 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 similar. It's not I made you fit. It's not I fixed your life. It's I happen to be very good. I am damn good at knowing what questions to ask or what things to point to or what tools in a sense, right? A coach isn't the best player necessarily, right? Coach K of Duke, mm -hmm. the winningest college coach. He's not the best baller. He just understands and sees the things that he needs to pull out of each athlete that say, oh, this is a blind spot you're not seeing. I'm going to show you how to reveal it to yourself and you take that shit and run with it. Mm -hmm. All Thank that you is so much for sharing that. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah, this it's is something that I kind of like, I assumed you would do. Um, I didn't know that you've been coaching this whole time. I yeah. know you're incredibly motivational. I've spoken like it, it just makes sense. So everybody <sighs> round of applause. But, uh, I do like the framework of you saying, uh, I mean, is it fair to say that both you and I are the catalysts for people or the icons for people to make positive change in their lives. Yes. Yes. And that's, think, yeah, that's the hard part, right? Is okay. One day I'm going to have to own that identity. And so far I haven't had to, because a, I haven't made public about it and B mm -hmm. the people that I've been coaching and everything like this kind of mm -hmm. under wraps or, or just private coaching sessions, things like this that I've been doing for years. I've never had to say, Hey, I'm a coach. It's literally word of mouth. We get to talking, we get to, oh, wow. Hey, that's some shit we can work with for sure. And mm -hmm. that develops into the kind of coach coachy relationship. Mm -hmm. But now with this decision, which I decided the contract was set, I'm going to do this. The thing is that I've been avoiding and that fear, those butterflies is when do I actually share that? And when yeah. do I actually start putting that out there to people who don't know me? Who am I? to tell anybody how to live. <laughs> Who the hell am I? Man, does that resonate? Right. So, but it's so funny. You uh, saying things about me and me speaking my truth about you. Like there's nobody better to learn or to vibe with or to energize with than you. Uh, I, so I, you know, I cannot see where you would have room for self doubt and you probably can't quite see that in me exactly um, I do want to touch on I I listened to this interview with Viola Davis and it, you know she's amazing outstanding actor and struggles with imposter syndrome so does Tom Hanks and and just yes. about everyone but it's kind of like that that little bit of self-doubt that is so healthy mm. and just keeping you starving and yes. grinding yes um, it, it keeps you humble humble and, and growing. Right. Right. Because right. if you, if you reach, if you reach the top of model mountain or fitness coach mountain or life coach mountain, you reach the top of there. Like, let's say you're, you're Tony Robbins, right? Mm -hmm. Tony Robbins is a, a forever student, or as a mm -hmm. lot of people put it, you know, the, the, the forever newbie, the lifetime newbie, 
it's not, I've reached this state. I've reached this point. I've arrived. It's wow. I learned all of these things. What can I learn to make this more efficient, make this more effective? How can I take what I know now and amplify the reach? There's always something more. There's always something more that we could do to grow. And honestly, growth is life. If you want vibrance, yeah. it's it's growth, whatever it is that you're working on. <clears throat> yeah, I I love to think that, you know, in, in new relationships, friendships, whatever, m- me, at Steph at 31, my non-negotiable about any partner or friend moving forward or anyone that's going to be in my life, my non-negotiable is growth. Yes. Like if you are not set on a track to get a little bit better, it doesn't have to be every day, but like, if you are complacent with where you are, you, you are not a student. You think, you know, just about everything there is. You are not willing to be open-minded to new concepts, new topics, um, getting awkward and uncomfortable. Yes. Then I want nothing to do with you. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I'm here to get weird, you know? (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I seriously, I think that's a, that's a very powerful stake to drive into your life to say, this is what is required for people that I'm going to allow into my life to give time to, which is interesting because it makes, it begs the question for you specifically, you have a lot of friends, you have a lot of acquaintances, you have a lot of people that you spend time with. And it seems like you make a lot of friends from your professional time working with people, whether it's modeling or through training or whatever it may be. So I'm curious where you draw your boundaries of, okay, this is friendship or this is just, Hey, we just happen to be in this place at this time. And, you know, I'm going to be here and give you my all versus, uh, you're trying to hang out more, but you don't really (laughs) grow or you're not bringing value into my life. Not in the sense of, Hey, you you have to provide value in order to sit here, but more along the lines Mm -hmm. of you, your time is limited. So you have to give time where it's most deserved and most loved and appreciated and, and respected and reciprocated and all these things. How do you navigate your world of, holy shit, that's Steph Cordial. Hey, let's go up to her. Let's go take a picture. Oh, hey, now do you want to go get something to eat? Hey, let's go over here. Let's go do this versus, wow, I really enjoyed this person. I want to make friends with this person, even though we just met working. Yeah. I think as you get a little bit older, it just becomes more of a skill that you can vet people who are, uh, who love the idea of you versus who, who really are inspired and, and love you. And that's probably more of a, a deep statement than it needed to be, but um, <laughs> something that I, oh, you want to hit that thing? <laughs> Damn, that was beautiful. Can you repeat it one time just for, so people don't have to rewind it? That was... Sure, sure. Um, as you get older, you develop more of a skill set to vet friends and vet acquaintances uh, and you're more apt to decide who is interested in the idea of you or who is there to truly love you for all pieces of you. My goodness. That is, that's literal life advice, not chapter of your life, not chapter, not where you are right now. That's literal <laughs> lifelong advice. Yeah. Wow. But you know, the, the, the era of the twenties, 
you're just interested in different things. You're interested mm-hmm. in materials and getting drunk. I'm still very interested in like partying. Of yes. course, I love a good time. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it does matter the crew you're with, and I notice that more and more that the dynamic of a group or the dynamic of your friendship or partnership with someone is the reason why things are magical. Mm-hmm. Um, the laughs that you share, uh, if you find. I, I think sense of humor is a huge thing. And uh, I would say in any sort of relationship, it's important to to ask yourself, does this person see life in a similar way to me? Yeah. Um, obviously being open-minded to things that they bring, but do we generally see the world kindness, uh, you know, being environmentally savvy, those kind of things politically similar in nature and can they make themselves happy on their own are they a magnet for happiness on their own or are they trying to reap um and draw everything out of me i I am i am tired and done of uh non-reciprocal relationships and i think you know you've had this conversation with me just surface layer uh but the energy is your is your number one currency and to be spent on people who are never going to reciprocate and the deep uh, nurturing way that is needed for my friendships because I value myself, then it's not happening. Not yeah. anymore. I love that. So, Good for you. You should be proud. Yeah. You should be proud. That's, that's a powerful lesson. A lot of yeah. people don't actually capture ever in their life or if they do very late in their life when yeah. nobody wants to be friends at that stage anyway. It's like, well, I mean, yeah. I got, I got my friends with your friends for 26 years. I don't need new sure. friends. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not easy. Um, I've actually made a lot of newer good friends over quarantine and COVID things like, I mean, pandemics, catastrophes, they draw out, uh, differences, but many similar qualities mm. in healthfully coping with things. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, definitely developed a really strong group of girlfriends that are interested in fitness that uh it doesn't feel like the uh obligatory relationship that you would have with like a high school friend or whatever mm-hmm. um yeah. there are people that are growing on the same trajectory as you for this chapter yes. and that could change next chapter but um yeah the ebb and flow of life and friendships and relationships People yeah. enter and exit your life when they're supposed to appropriately. So for sure. Yeah, holding on to that. I I love it. And that's something that also one of my best friends, longest friends, actually, uh, Charles Richardson. I had him on the podcast, the US. Oh, I Air loved Force. that episode. Oh man. <laughs> well, you I'm glad were, you listened. <laughs> you were so funny. I listened to my lifeguard tower and I was cracking up. <laughs> Well, yeah. So one of the, one of the things that he said that stuck with me, cause I, you know, I was talking to him about your classical friends, the older friends that you've had forever versus your neo friends, your newer friends. And the yeah. one thing, and I think of this all the time, it's, it's helped guide me in recent friendships that I've had to kind of distance and step away from and just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, that's, it's not being reciprocated. Right. The one thing it's super easy that he said that stuck with me is strength over length. When it comes to your bonds, your friendships, everything, it's strength over length. And when you have friends that you've gone through the pandemic, or as for me, a lot of this, and I'm sure for you too, is when I found friends, my, my homie Kenny, we've come up and learned and talked and shared so much about business in the last 
two, three years of our lives that I'm like, man, there's a bond there and it keeps growing. There's a bond mm-hmm. there that I haven't had. And there's with anybody else that it, it just kind of keeps feeding itself and feeding each other. And that's, it's just a beautiful thing. And however long that lasts, it's maybe it is this chapter, maybe it is for a lifetime, but it is definitely, I think the measure is, is strength over length. Yeah. I love that. And I think yeah. it's particularly interesting that you say like, you can have business conversations with them. I found that recently, a lot of my girlfriends that are, you know, crossover from the gym or that love to surf that love, uh, boys, like I do, Ooh, um, you love boys. <laughs> um, the, the people that you could actually have a business conversation with and, yeah. uh, spark some inspiration in that regard, because that that's actually what is one of the like very high ranking, important things to me right now, establishing a career, uh, dabbling in different things, being entrepreneurial and, uh, just expanding my language around business without mm. having gone to business school. Right. So uh, like-minded individuals that you can do everyday things with, as well as have these business conversations in a non-competitive manner. Yes. So crucial. That's, I think that's key... what, you know, the thirties are for. <laughs> right. That's a key point that you, that you mentioned there, that it's notable. It's something that to really count is non-competitive nature. There's a difference when you're talking to people and it's like, oh, okay, let me write all these things down. I'm getting some insider info from you and, oh, I'm going to deploy this on my own versus, hey, what do you have going on in your business that is a challenge that maybe I can throw some ideas out that help you or mm-hmm. the conversation going that way where it's, what can I bring to the table? I, this uh, this gentleman, um, I think it's Dr. Dennis Kimbrough, he he has, I believe it was him, he has this uh, this saying that I think is powerful where he's like, the reason you can't get a seat at the table is because you're showing up to the picnic without bringing food. You don't have anything to contribute. So in this essence, you, you want to be in a non-competitive nature where you show up and you say, Hey, look what I brought. And and then, you know, you get that seat at the table, that sort of thing. Okay. Well, let's, let's wind this thing down. Cause I know you're a busy gal. I don't want to take up a ton of your time. (laughs) I enjoy talking to you, Anthony Thomas. Oh, I love it. This is one of those strength, not length things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get in there. Um, I feel like when I chat with you, it just, it naturally gels. Yeah. It's Janelle as well. Like it's just so easy to connect with both of you. It's it's, she sent me a podcast the other day, actually about imposter syndrome. And that was incredibly helpful. If you heard her today, it's like, okay, Jeanette, I'm short on time. I don't have, I, I, I know you want me to listen to that podcast. Cause I told her, you know, as I was building the episode out, I'm like, yeah, we're going to talk about this, this, this. It's like, you should listen to this. You should, I'm like, listen, I don't have the time to do that today. Although I totally okay. did. We, we were in the car driving. It was plenty of time, but yes, she, she's been raving for me as well, because you and I in that same boat right now of yeah. imposter syndrome. Yeah. She's, she's freaking mag- magnificent. Okay. Let me, I'm going to rapid fire some things to you. Take all the time you want. I'm just, I've got time. I just want to respect your time, but I'm going to rapid fire a few things because I think these are key things I added just for you into my show notes that I'm like, Oh, I got to get to these. Purple five, seven. Oh, pepper. How'd you get these beach? (laughs) And that wraps up this episode. (laughs) Somebody leaked my questions. (laughs) 
right, here we go. Here we go. Steph Cordial, if you weren't training slash modeling, what career path would you choose? Four-year-old Steph would have said, I want to be a gardener. Um, I think I would... (laughs) Uh, I, I would be, a, if I wasn't a trainer, I would be uh, in orthopedics or um, I would have been an understudy for my mom, who's a periodontist and oral surgeon. I love it. Oh, that's another question. When are you going to start the Joan documentary? When are you gonna Oh my gosh. That? You know, that's a missed opportunity. I, I should have started it during <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> for mom. those listening, my mom is 72 and the spunkiest woman you've ever met. She just <laughs> is vivacious and uh, is frustrating and such a beautiful person that I can't even put it into words, <laughs> but she's very fun. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, do you speak Japanese or what level of Japanese do you understand or speak? Skoshi. Um, I speak no Japanese. Uh-huh. I, what I said was a little bit, but I don't speak Japanese. I have a few family members in Tokyo and most of the Japanese relatives uh, live in either Fresno or on uh, Oahu. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they're, you know, Japanese Hawaiians. Yes. Yes. Very familiar. Okay. What's next in terms of competition, right? We talked about triathlons. So what's next for you, competition, career, and personal in your life? I'd like to run New York marathon this year. Uh, Mm. November. Mm. I said, I was never going to run a marathon again. I was in New York when the marathon happened and, there is this undercurrent and pulse throughout the city that is unmatched. There's this crazy energy, people warming up the day before uh, we biked through the finish line just to check it out the day after. And man, yeah. New Yorkers brings, they, they pack some heat. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Good. So I was inspired to do that. I think uh, a little coast to coast action because I did LA marathon in 2019. Right, right. Oh, I love this. Okay, New York City Marathon. So that's competition-wise. What about career and personal? What's next for you? Yeah, I recently switched my description. And this may sound very corny. I, I switched it from fitness trainer to entrepreneur uh, because that's how I truly feel. I, I'm a well-rounded person. Uh, fitness alone does not fill me up. It's more of the motivational aspects and how fitness and movement tie into making your entire life a little bit more efficient and inspired. Um, so I would like to invest in a couple companies this year. I would like to, uh, you know, work on some, some extending some contracts that I'm currently in, uh, because I really do believe in certain products and, lifestyles that these brands are bringing i think there's Mm. a a deeper level of authenticity with some of the brands that i have partnered with Mm -hmm. so looking forward to uh living the brands in the most natural way i know how which makes you know sharing stuff on instagram posting things makes it so easy when it is your life yes yes i love that and i think this is something this is what i've stressed for years and and this is where if you go on my Instagram, you go on any social thing I have ever have had ever anywhere, anytime, there's nothing on there that I've shared that I genuinely didn't like or love. 
And if I if I did share it, then I was talking about how I didn't like or love it. It's all it's all very genuine. I'm very particular about this. And I, I see that with you too. It doesn't seem like you go, oh, somebody wants to pay me to post their thing on here. So let me just take their money and post the thing on here. It's you you have a very beautiful value to you that in the social world, social media world that a lot of people missed. You know, especially a few years ago when the whole influencer wave first started rolling in and everybody was jumping on anything. It it seems as though the authenticity missed so many people, but that's something you have carried. And it's nice to see you actually partnered with brands that, like this now instead of just a post here, post there. It's something that you are in, in a lot of ways, parallel lifestyle um, and belief system living in this chapter of your life with them. So that's awesome. That's truly it. And I can't, in opposition, I can't always say that I haven't done the one-off post thing, but trial and error, that's that's a learned, uh, less mature version of who I am now. I will only post products that I am taking, that I am wearing. Um, but I also understand that I have a roof over my head. I have good friends and a supportive community. I am not starving or struggling. So for for me to be able to kiss one-off deals and that kind of money goodbye um, is a privilege that I'm very aware of. So I would never hate on someone who is taking the one-off deals, who's really grinding and hustling for things that maybe don't really sit well with them. Um, I don't agree with it. I understand it. Agreed. That's a good distinction. Very much agreed. What about personal? What's next in Steph Cordial's personal life? Ooh, um, goodness. I've, uh, I've recently had another run around the sun. <laughs> um, I'm getting into what I think is going to be, a, a, what I know to be a really exciting next chapter uh, with a wonderful person, a brand new relationship, uh, and a person that I feel is truly uh, infusing himself in every aspect of my life wants to be there, wants me to be there. Uh, there are times and, and it's not anything to do with my past partners, but there have been times where I feel that I overstay my welcome, that I, uh, eventually won't be enough to have a seat at the table. And, um, I'm dismissing all of that because if someone like I said, loves the loves me, not just the idea of me. They're going to want me there. They're going to want to build with me. So yes. uh, I think I've, I really found uh, an exciting uh, new person to share some time with coming oh, up. Oh yeah. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Oh yeah. To be continued. <laughs> who, if, yeah. Who is probably the biggest inspiration behind running New York marathon. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love I think, that. Uh, if I can keep up with him, we'll knock it out of the park. I love that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Just a couple more and we're out of here. Yeah. Let me, if, let me, I'm just trying to think of what order I want to put this in. Cause I'm going to try to catch you. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to catch you here for a strong send off. Do what, your worst. What? <laughs> hurt me. <laughs> hurt me. <laughs> what, what is something most people don't know about you that is a trait you love about yourself i gave away the ankle thing 
I think most people know that about you. Dang it. Um, a trait about yourself. It, not, it, it doesn't have to be physical, you know, but uh, something yeah. about yourself most people don't know, but you love about you. Everyone knows I have small ankles. Everyone knows I eat an obscene amount of chocolate per day. Uh, <laughs> let's think about this. Uh, I would say it's something that I am embracing and working on. Uh, most people don't know that I have a deep fear of public speaking. I am deathly afraid uh, of standing in front of a crowd. I don't know if it has to do with being judged or any of that, but I would rather swim with sharks than give a, a speech. Or on some days, I feel that way even before I walk into berries and teach a class. So uh, what I love about that is the consistent uh, effort to lessen that fear every time I step into the room and practice, practice, practice. I love that. That's powerful. <laughs> That's powerful. You keep taking that on head on. I love it. Last question. How can anybody listening, anybody listening, how can they, how can we best support you? Oof. Follow me on Instagram. It's the forever journey into different ways to move your body and to travel um, soon to be coming a website. Um, I think I'm going to, I think what I have planned for 2022 is potentially live workouts, potentially traveling and maybe touring a little bit and just trying to connect with the people that I've really missed uh, having that you know, tangible feel with, uh, through the other end of the screen. So I'd like to be present in other places. You can support me by showing up and showing some enthusiasm, whether it's in person or online, um, sharing your story. I'll keep being very honest on social and sharing mine. So, uh, yeah, that is how And I love you can it. listen to Anthony's podcast because, or, check out his coaching offerings oh you know because i am so damn proud of you and uh, i could not be more excited for what is about to explode and uh envelop some potential more imposter syndrome but it's it's a brave first step and it's gonna keep flowing from there i love it i love it i love it thank you i for one definitely plan to be at one of these live workouts i hope you do tour Steph, I freaking love you. I love you, Tony. Ooh, what a treat. Steph, thanks so much for joining and for pushing me to overcome my own battles. You can find Steph on Instagram at Steph Cordial. That's S-T-E-F-C-O-R-G-E-L, where she will be sharing all the info on her upcoming traveling body movement parties. Yes, that's what I'm going to call it. Steph, thanks also for helping me overcome my own battles and pushing me here. I am going in on this. So I'm here to help you get a hold of that life that you quit chasing some time ago. If you're interested in teaming up to level up your life, message me to set up an intro call. All this is, we break down what it would look like to work together and we find out if this really would be the best fit for you. And if it's not, not everybody is for everybody. But if it's not, 
This is where I can help at least point you in the right direction. There's a good community of people out there that are here to help and help you level up. If I'm not the best fit for you, I'm not offended by that one bit. I just want to help you have your breakthroughs. So I'll help point you in the right direction. With these podcasts, I want to keep them coming. I want to keep bringing these conversations into your life. So if you're not against supporting this podcast, go to anthonyjthomas.com slash podcast and donate once. Or better yet, set up a recurring donation to keep my talented team, including our editor, Phil, on board and executing like they are. Don't forget, state your appreciations from today and live powerfully, my people. Much love. Peace.